Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager. We're trying to put a uh, holiday hat, a Christmas hat on Otto. And that's that's the famous arm in America. And did it work? The, the chances of this working are very slim. There you go. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. It's the Hanukkah and pre-Christmas show. Show. That's funny. Show. That's from radio. Podcast. Yeah. Let's well, get. Pod- this what is, is this? What is this? This is a show. It is. You can watch it as a podcast. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Look. Too much excitement. You, you, what am I going to do? Dogs and children teach you humility. That's my view. So welcome. Got a, got a number of thoughts. Since I was going to talk about Christmas, I thought, well, it turns out that the question is about it. So we'll start with the question and then I'll give you my... But first. Oh, yes. But first. No, this is really important. We rely entirely on people contributing to PragerU to make everything we do possible because everything we do is free. That's why it's called a nonprofit organization. Well, that's not why, but it's part of why. Yeah, because if you're a profit organization, you don't make everything for free. (laughs) That's correct. So anything you give up to Christmas Day will be tripled, tripled, whatever you give. So if you give $10,000, it's $30,000. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. That is true. But if you give $10, it's $30. All right. So thank you. Go to PragerU.com and help us fight for everything good. I think that's the best way to put it. All right, everybody. Now let's go to question and then my opening statements. Hey, my name is Rachel Martin. I'm 17 years old and I'm from Paulsbo, Washington. My question is, how can we cherish Christmas? Thank you so much. I think that will go down as the briefest question. (laughs) Had I sneezed, I would have missed it. So I want to give you some thoughts about Christmas. And it's important that I state at the outset, and most of you know this, but I am a religious Jew and... It's not my religious holiday, but it is my national holiday. I am very pro, I, pro-Christmas. I'm passionately pro-Christmas. It's uh, my, my religious holiday in this season is Hanukkah. But that, so what? The vast majority of my fellow Americans celebrate Christmas. So why wouldn't I cherish that fact if I cherish my fellow countrymen? And it is, again, a national holiday. It's not just a religious holiday. So I can't tell you how annoyed I've been over the course of time at the, the, this, this woke development, which is old. I got a call from a professor at an Indiana law school about 25 years ago. I didn't get a call. Actually, we called her because we read about her position. She was opposed. She led a movement opposed to a Christmas tree in the main building at this law school in Indiana. And her argument was, it's not inclusive. We don't only have Christians at our law school. And I thought, that's a non sequitur. 
What does it mean it's not inclusive because you don't have Christians, you have non-Christians at the school? So I, I, I called her up and she, I'm sure she had no idea who I was. She wouldn't have come on if she knew who I was. I don't think she'd come on today. Mm. Anyway, I said, hi, thank you for coming. And I treat people I differ with very, very nicely because uh, I want them to come back or I want others not to fear coming on my show just because we disagree. And I said, I just want you to know, I don't buy your argument. I'm a non-Christian and I don't feel excluded in any way. Why am I a Jew excluded because there's a Christmas tree in the main building of your law school? I don't understand. How am I excluded? A, it's a national holiday and I'm a citizen of this nation. B, why is it exclusionary? Anyway, she had no she had no answer and she was shocked that I, I differed as a Jew because she thought, oh, if there's going gonna to be anyone to interview me who would be sympathetic to my argument, it would be someone who happens not to be Christian. But I'm not sympathetic at all. In fact, I say Merry Christmas to more people than Christians do, I think. Yeah. I, I make sure to say to anybody, when I left my airplane a couple of days ago, I said, thank you and Merry Christmas. And it's interesting. They're so taught to say Happy Holiday or Happy Holidays that I, I sort of present a dilemma to them. Some answer Merry Christmas. Some say thank you. Some say Happy Holidays. Otto was debating whether to come back and he's not. Okay. It is one of the most beautiful parts of America, the Christmas season. I have felt this my whole life. I grew up in a home, an Orthodox Jewish home, so it's quite religious Jewish home. And, and yet, maybe yet is not even the fitting word, but and you will find this of interest. My father wore a yarmulke, a Jewish skull cap in the house at all times. And so did I. And so did my brother. Women do not have to wear one. And so my mother didn't. And we would sit there every Christmas Eve and watch the mass, the Christmas mass from the Vatican. I, I remember as a kid thinking, I said to my parents, look, the Pope is Jewish too, because he was wearing a yarmulke. I, it was hard for me to wrap my head around the fact Catholics are wearing one, but they're not Jewish. Anyway, why did we watch it? And it's to my parents' great credit that we did. They were religious Jews who loved the fact that Christians celebrated their religion. And I have adopted that attitude all of my life. This is a Judeo-Christian country, the United States of America, the most Judeo-Christian ever invented. But basically all of Western civilization is in Judeo-Christian roots. Judeo is the Old Testament. Judeo is the, the basis of Christianity. No Judeo, no Christeo. It's just a fact. And Jesus, of course, was a Jew. I, I have a very funny story in, in that regard. I, I gave a speech years ago to a large group of people, about half Christian, half Jewish, in Agoura Hills, California. 
And after my speech, people line up at the microphones to say some words or ask me a question. So one woman got up and she said, Dennis, I'm a Christian and I want you to know you are my favorite Jew. And a lot of people applauded. It was a very sweet comment. And when it died down, I looked at her and said, not, a, not really. I'm your second favorite Jew. <laughs> and it was a great line. And the, the interesting thing, and I'm the only one who noticed this. I am certain of this. And by the way, this room just now, you're laughing and you're laughing. Joe doesn't laugh. It's, he's a hard guy to make laugh. Proves my point. You thought it's very funny, that line. Yeah. Right. And it is. But I noticed only the Christians laughed. The Jews are all looking at each other. What's so funny? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up inside. And I, I sort of had to explain to the Jews their favorite Jew is Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah, it was very, it was very, I get such a big kick because I, I truly know Christians and Jews equally well. I mean, really well. I, I'm immersed in both communities' lives, and I, I just got a big kick out of that. Anyway, I, I couldn't believe this, this professor, well, it's not, I can't say I couldn't believe I, I believe anything from a professor. What, what, what is exclusionary about it? And I, I'll give a Jewish example. In Israel, if you go to Israel, which isn't all Jewish any more than America is all Christian, 20% of Israel is Muslim, as it happens. And there's a, a fair number of, of Christian Arabs living in Israel as well. And yet, everybody, even secular Israelis, will say on Friday night and Saturday, especially Friday night, Shabbat Shalom. They will say to anybody, you know, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Just like we might say Happy Holiday, they'll say Shabbat Shalom. But Shabbat is, is, is the Jewish Shabbat. So is it wrong for an Israeli to say Shabbat Shalom to a non-Jewish Israeli? It's, it's absurd. And, and no non-Jewish Israeli says, oh, it's, it's exclusionary to say Shabbat Shalom. They say Shabbat Shalom on the radio. And Orthodox Jews aren't even listening to the radio on Shabbat because they don't use electricity. <laughs> so these are all non-Orthodox Jews saying Shabbat Shalom. I want my culture to be preserved. It's not going to be good for anybody, especially Jews. Christianity becomes far less significant in America. Here's a provocative thought. There is an increase in anti-Semitism in the country, and I am convinced it is related to the decrease in Christianity in America. Let's put it this way. Even if you don't think it's causal, it's certainly related, or it's certainly happening at the same time. Christianity is diminishing and anti-Semitism is increasing. Most Christians in America are pro-Jewish, not just not anti-Semitic. So it's a beautiful time of the year. I love the music. I love the decorations and the time in which we live. Got one more thought about this. And that's about Santa Claus. 
every year, I, I can't remember how many years already, many years, decades, I have devoted an hour of my radio show to making the case for people who celebrate Christmas to celebrate Santa Claus. To that, because yeah. yeah, I had heard and read uh, Christians saying, uh, or and, and or just Gentiles in, in general, non-Jews, oh, we don't want to lie to our children. It's not good to lie to your child. That was the biggest argument. Or even people who called up my who called my show up, and, and they would say on occasion, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, and then my parents, you know, taught me about Christ and Jesus and, and God and the Bible and and Santa. And then when I learned Santa was not real, I thought, oh, maybe God's not real too, which is a strange correlation. So this notion you're lying to your children if you tell them about Santa Claus is a strange notion. I'm curious, do, do none of these families have a tooth fairy? Do they tell their kids, oh, there's no such thing as a tooth fairy? And is there anything wrong in having a tooth fairy in your house? Your kid loses a tooth and they find some present or money under their pillow the next day. Is that a bad thing? Are you lying to your child if you make believe? Make believe and lying are not the same thing. It's, it, it's beautiful to make religion fun for children. It shouldn't only be fun. It has a very serious component. But it should be. At least if you want your child to love it as well as intellectually appreciate it. And you know how much I am for the intellectual approach to religion. That's why my books are called The Rational Bible. I use reason. But it's very important to have the joy, especially when you are a kid. Here's another question. Did you read to your kids fairy tales? Did you read, did you read Pinocchio to your kid or Cinderella? Do you make sure to say, you know, these people never existed. There really isn't a Pinocchio. There really isn't a Cinderella. Why don't you do that? Are you lying? You're making believe that there was a Cinderella and there was a Pinocchio. It's, it's not a wise argument. Well, you don't lie to your child. Okay, this isn't lying to your child. This is offering a make-believe, joyful thing that society takes part in. You know that at a certain age, they're either going to ask or figure out on their own that this is make-believe. But until then, and even post then, it's fun to have. It's, it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a happy thing. Santa's a happy character. Can you think of a time in American history when they needed happy character more in their lives than now? You know, many kids are suffering from depression, mental illness, and how many are committing suicide? And believe me, it's linked to the secularization of the society. Secular doesn't usually produce happy. It just doesn't. Religious people are happier in every single poll I am aware of, and I am aware of a lot of polls.
So anyway, it's a good thing to have in your kid's life and in your family's life. So it's a great time of the year. Okay, on to your questions. Nicole, 31, Pennsylvania, USA. Hello, Mr. Prager. I recently found out that my younger sister and her boyfriend are pregnant. I'm filled with an overwhelming sense of emotional conflict because my husband and I have been trying to conceive for over a year. How do I battle my immense sense of sadness and heartbreak every month while still being a loving and supportive sister? Also, how do I handle family members this Christmas if they ask, when are you two having children? Greatly appreciate your thoughts, and my husband and I love your show. God bless, Nicole. So, you have to know this. It's okay to feel unwholesome things. That you have some envy of your sister is completely understandable and perfectly fine. You just don't act on it. You can even open up and say, you know, I love you very much and I'm really happy for you. And I'm also a little envious. Your sister will give you a big hug. You think your sister doesn't know it? You think your sister's a dummy? Unless she doesn't know you want kids, and I'm sure she does know you want kids. So it's fine. It, 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 it's inevitable. That's, that's a feeling people have. That's why I am not feelings monitoring. I am behavior monitoring. And if you're still acting loving and supportive of your sister, that's all that matters. The fact that you will have some envy or jealousy, whichever term you wish to use, is a non-issue. You're a normal human being. That's completely understandable. Don't berate yourself and open up to your husband. And even if you want, it's not going to make your sister feel bad. Your sister's not a dummy. It, it, if you and your sister both bought lottery tickets and you both really needed money and your sister won the lottery, take it back. If you won the lottery, wouldn't your sister be a little envious? <laughs> I mean, it just, it, emotions are fine. It's actions that are a matter. If you pull away from your sister or, or if you act a little meaner to her, those would be terrible things. But you're clearly not. So don't worry about it. How do you handle family members this Christmas if they ask, when are you two having children? Believe me, we would love to have children. That ends the discussion. I'm a big believer of confronting the elephant who's in the room. Okay? And it's not a hurtful question. You might feel a little bad because you really want a children. I totally understand that. But it's not asked to hurt your feelings. By the way, I don't think they, I mean, if people think it through, they shouldn't ask it that way. I can understand if people would say, you know, a lot of, a lot of people your age today don't want children. Do you? You know, that's different from when are you going to have? Just a curiosity question. But people need to be sensitive on this. But there's no reason for you to be hurt on it either. 
Okay. Jane, 43, San Francisco, California. Dennis, I'm a proud Christian woman. What's wrong with saying happy holidays instead of Christmas? It makes people feel more comfortable. So why go out of my way to be rude about it? Isn't it just much more logical to use one phrase to give the same message to everyone? Thank you for your time, Jane. Jane, San Francisco has affected you. <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> let, me, let me understand this. It makes people feel more comfortable. That's their problem, not yours. You're not saying it to hurt anybody. Let's say on the airplane, the, the, the flight attendant says, well, we've arrived in San Francisco. Want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. What's wrong with that? That's the, that's the holiday that's coming up. It's a national, again, a national holiday. Can they say Happy Thanksgiving? Well, what if there are indigenous people on the plane who don't like the idea that the pilgrims ever arrived or that Europeans ever arrived? Should we not say, have, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving or even happy holiday because everybody knows what holiday it is. This preoccupation with comfort is, is, is a car wreck. How do you know that the person who's uncomfortable is not the one in the wrong? Maybe that's the case. That's why I keep saying I'm a Jew and it's, it's not my religious holiday, but it, again, I, I believe it is my national holiday because it is. Am I uncomfortable? I'm uncomfortable when I hear happy holidays because one of the great traditions of America is being erased. Should we stop playing Christmas songs? Oh, a lot of people who are anti-Christian or anti-public Christianity, they, they, they really hate the fact that restaurants and public places play Christmas songs. They would like December to sound just like August. I don't. I love this music. I love this time of year. It's special. There's nothing special about August. Well, I was born in August, but I, I can't really announce that it makes it special. <laughs> it, it's, it's like my favorite question. Listen, this happens all the time. I'm on the plane. I admit I go first class. I travel every week. I'm entitled and I'm six foot four. So I'm doubly entitled. So I'm sitting in the front seat usually. And inevitably, some people coming on the plane will recognize me. Oh, wow. Great to see you. Oh, I love your work, whatever. And some nice thing. By the second or third person, the person sitting next to me who didn't know who the hell I am, looks at me. They keep turning like this, like, do I recognize him? Do I recognize him? <laughs> it cracks me up because I know exactly what's going on in their mind. And then at some point... They go, excuse me, I'm just curious, uh, are you famous? I think that question is so funny. The person who never heard of me in his or her life is asking me if I'm famous. How famous could I be if they don't know who the hell I am? <laughs> so I say, I'm obviously not that famous. You don't know who I am. And they crack up. And then I have one other answer. Yes. I am famous among all those who know me. 
<laughs> Two perfectly honest answers. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, the, the, this, uh, the, this comfort thing is, uh, is disturbing. It is a beautiful thing to say to people, Merry Christmas, and anybody who's offended, it's their problem. It really is their problem. When they say, if they say over, over the intercom, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, I, only a narcissist could be, uh, I think, could be offended. Like the world revolves around me. Well, the world doesn't revolve around you. The world revolves around the society, and the society, for the most part, observes this holiday. Okay. Uh, Joel, 52, Indianapolis, Indiana. I wanted to let you know that your book on Genesis is on my Christmas wish list. If I'm lucky, I'll get both Genesis and Exodus. No, no. If you're lucky, you'll get Genesis, Exodus, and Deuteronomy. (laughs) Okay, you're only two-thirds lucky if you get Genesis and Exodus. While I have my own reasons as a Christian for asking for a Jew's commentary on the Torah, I'm interested in your thoughts on why a Christian should read your commentaries. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Well, he has blessed me and kept me. Thank you. So, if you go to Amazon, you will see 4,000 reviews plus on the first two volumes. And I don't know how many are on Deuteronomy. Most of them are from Christians. And the typical one is, wow, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I, it is so much richer to me, these first books of the Old Testament. And how many wrote, it is so deeply increased my own faith as a Christian. Read it. I, I didn't write these reviews. I would recommend it, and I write it in, in the foreword. This is for a Jew, this is for a Christian, this is for an atheist, this is for a Muslim, this is for a Buddhist. Either the Torah, the first five books, has something to say to everybody, or it has nothing to say to anybody. That's my view. It doesn't matter what your faith or non-faith is, your ethnicity or anything. These are the greatest five books ever written, and I'm a big fan of the rest of the Bible. But these are the five that are the foundation of everything. And you, you can't pick them up and, and, and fully understand it. Somebody has to guide you through it, like Shakespeare. I can't read Shakespeare just straight out. I need, I need explanation of the words, even though English is my native tongue, and, and what is being done here. And then I appreciate it better. But this is especially true here. And yes, I know biblical Hebrew very well. That has been instrumental in the commentary. By the way, since there's time, it does make a great Hanukkah or Christmas gift because it's beautifully printed. Give me one copy here. Isn't there one right around here? Because it, I, I want to commend my publisher. They did such an expensive job in, uh, in, in printing it. It's right here. It is an yeah, yeah, so, yeah, good. The, and they're all... They all have original, well, not original, they all have artwork on the front. So which is this, Exodus? Yeah. So here, it's, it's, be- it's beautifully printed. Nobody writes uh, commentaries on the Bible to get rich. Uh, this is really 
a big, big deal, a 10-year project to make this clear to everyone, the Rational Bible. Three of the five volumes are out. Thank you, guys. Armando, 28, Show Low, Arizona. We didn't believe there is a place called Show Low, and there is. There is. Howdy, Dennis, etc. I get a big kick out of that. Merry Christmas, capitalizing Christ. And Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Since I have decided to celebrate both this year, I have noticed a major increase in the amount of fellow Christians who hate Christmas due to his alleged pagan origins. It seems that most of these people have nothing better to do for a month than to tell other Christians how evil they are for celebrating a pagan holiday. I know that you are a non-Christian who loves Christmas, so I'm curious, what are your thoughts on this issue and or how would you respond to such a Christmas-hating Christian? Thank you. God bless you all. And once again, Merry Christmaka. That's cute. <laughs> Only in America. So, I dealt with this on my radio show. This pagan origins argument is, I'm sorry, foolish. Even if there are pagan origins, so what? The question is, what was done with the pagan origin? The paganism has been removed. The sacrificial system, so central to the Torah, to the first five books, to Jews and to Christians. You don't think that that's rooted in the pagan system of sacrifices? Of course it is. But it got rid of all the bad parts. The gods don't eat the sacrifice because God doesn't eat most important, there is no human sacrifice. All pagan societies had human sacrifice. The greatest Jewish thinker who ever lived, Maimonides, 12th century, said the reason for the sacrificial system was to wean the Jews away from human sacrifice. He fully recognized the pagan origins of the sacrificial system. What Judaism and Christianity did with holidays and with practices is to fill old bottles with new wine. In order to get people to drink the new wine, you've got to give them the old bottles. That's how you do it. You don't invent something out of nowhere and then people attach themselves to it. As I learned in yeshiva, the, the, the Torah was given to humans, not to angels. <laughs> so it has to talk in human terms. It has to use human symbols to make it meaningful. So this argument is such a silly argument, pagan origins. So what? The issue isn't, are there pagan origins? The issue is, is it pagan now? And the answer is no. That's it. Hey, don't we say uh, Saturday? Isn't that from Saturn, if I'm not mistaken? Isn't Monday from the moon? So, so there, should we drop them because they have pagan origins? No, it's, 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 people have not thought this issue through. That's why believers are perfect. Yes, yeah, there are pagan origins. Therefore, what? Does it make it pagan? No. The genius of biblical religion is taking this old stuff and making it humane and good and holy. That's the issue. And that's what they've done. Don't forget, whatever you give till Christmas to PragerU is tripled. 
it's nice to give, uh, nice to give to, to places that are doing good work. So we deeply appreciate it. And whichever you're celebrating, happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas. And God bless this country because it truly needs it. And one of its blessings has been this wonderful holiday season. See you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.